are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Are you ready tonight? I'm ready to answer the third most asked question on our Easter survey uh, that we gave out uh, this past year. For those of you who are new, let me catch you up real quick. We're in a series called You Asked For It, and uh, we based this series off of an Easter survey that we gave everyone who attended. About 1,200 people attended our Easter services this past year. And uh, on this Easter survey, we asked them, what, what questions do you have about the Bible, about life? And, and, and so we, we, we asked them what they wanted to hear about. And so this series is created around that Easter survey. It's created by you. If you filled out that survey, it's created by you. You asked for it, so you're going to get what you asked for. If you don't like what you get, that's your fault. You asked for it. Okay? Don't, don't email us, but if you do want to email us. Uh, Joel at, <laughs> Man, you guys are good. You guys are good. I think I want to hang around with you guys for a long time. So we're answering the third most asked question and it's this, are we living in the end times? Are we living in the end times? Question number one was, how to handle stress. The number one asked question, you can catch that on the website, podcast, that message. Question number two, do you remember what that was? Huh? Oh, the F word. Someone's like, wow, they say that here? <laughs> no, 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 we're talking about forgiveness. How do I forgive? That was the second most asked question. We talked about that this past Sunday. And... Uh, Huge feedback from that message, by the way. I think that was for everybody, including me, right? We all need to, man, just hear that over and over. And so here we go. The third most asked question, are we living in the end times? Are we living in the end times? Um, It's a common question that uh, many people ask. Uh, Many people of faith and many people who really are not of faith ask this question. Um, And throughout history, throughout our culture... Uh, there have been many people who put dates on when Jesus is returning. They write books on this. Um, they put it on billboards. They have social media campaigns on when the return of Christ is going to happen and what day it's going to happen of the month. And uh, uh, last year, a guy said that Jesus was returning on September 23rd. On September 23rd, he's returning. The world is ending. When that didn't happen, he said... I must have got it wrong. It's October 15th. When that didn't happen, we haven't heard anything from him since. He ran out of money. Yeah, he ran out of money because he spent millions putting up billboards and campaigns telling everybody when Jesus was returning. Now, here's a stat that's kind of crazy. Throughout history, there have been 52 different people or churches or religions that have went public and claimed that they know when Christ is returning. 
And all of them had a specific date on when he was returning. And all of them did this multiple times when the return did not happen on that first date. And obviously, they missed it. They missed it. Now, let me state this disclaimer. I don't claim to... Um, be an expert on eschatology, which is the study of the end times. Um, uh, there's actually a lot of what I don't understand. Uh, I'm going to be very honest with you. One of the books I probably don't frequently read is the book of Revelation. There's a lot of beast with 2,500 horns out of his head and weird creatures in that book. But if you want to go real deep into that, come out to our small group every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, and Elder Bossom will go real deep on that. And uh, he's doing a, people love to study end times. He does a fabulous job with that. And so if you really want to go deep in that, get a part of that small group. But uh, today I'm just going to do my best to scratch the surface on this topic in a clear, in a simple way that we can all understand from the person who's coming to church for the first time to the person who's been here 30 or 40 years. Is that okay? Um, And uh, I just... I, I, I say it simple because that's how I, it reaches me. Uh, the, the simplicity of the gospel is just is, is awesome. And so um, my goal is to help you understand the times that we live in and to give us all some thoughts um, on what we need to do to be prepared uh, to live in the last days. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, our first scripture here, it says this. But about the day or the hour... What does the next word say? No one. No one. So those religions, those people wasted millions of dollars when they could have gave it to us so we could build new campuses. Really? No one knows. So if someone tells you they know, what are they doing? They're lying. This is, are we in the Bible? Or are we in a different book? We're in the Bible. No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, speaking of Jesus, but only the Father. No one knows. Only God the Father knows that day. Only God the Father. Now, what we do see and what we do know is that there are signs all around us. Someone say signs. Signs are indicators. Signs are warnings. Right? You see a stop sign, you should stop. When you see a red light, you should stop. When you see a yield sign, you should yield. Amen? So signs give us a clue. Signs give us a perspective that um, things are shifting within our, our, our world. And uh, we see the signs all around with wars and earthquakes and disasters and divisions. So, so What do we need to do? What do we need to do as we see these signs? Well, the first thing that we don't need to do is be scared. We don't need to be scared. We do not need to be fearful. We do not need to be scared. And my goal for those who are kind of tensed up maybe about even this topic and you're worried about the end times, my goal by the time we're done with this, I believe that there's going to be a peace that comes over you. 
I just, I, I really believe that's been my prayer all week, that there would be a peace, that there would be no confusion, but, but you would understand better uh, uh, about the end times. Now, one of the foundational truths of our church and any Christian uh, church is the doctrine of the second coming of Christ. The doctrine of the second coming of Christ. And I want to state this right off the bat because, um, and, and I want to be very clear because I don't, I don't want to assume that you do or you don't know, um, but our church has statements of faith that we build upon. And um, uh, they are biblical foundations or beliefs. And uh, we cover this in Next Steps, if you've ever went through it. And, and uh, we, we tell you uh, what our statements of faith are. And they're very important to us because it's, what we, it's the foundation of who we are as Fuel Church. And, um, and, and we, we go to God's scripture. We don't go to man's thoughts and man's theology. We go to God's scripture to build these uh, biblical foundations. And so one of those foundations is we believe Jesus is coming. It, it, it's, it, it's the second coming of Christ known in the Bible. It, it's going to happen. Some generation will be the end time generation. Are we it? I don't know. But some generation is going to be it. Amen? I, 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 don't, I don't know if we're it. But I, I want us to build on this simple truth that Jesus is coming back. He is returning. He is returning. And uh, so, so we go to uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 9 through 11. And uh, this is 40 days after the cross. Stay with me on this. Lean into this because I just believe this is going to help somebody tonight. Uh, this is 40 days after the cross. He gave his final instructions to the church. It's known as the Great Commission. You remember that? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, right? Lay hands on the sick. They'll, they'll be healed, right? You have, you have power. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you have power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. It's known as the Great commission. He says that right before we read the scripture. After he said this, after he said what? The great commission that I just said. He was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Two angels came and stood beside the men, these men, these disciples that Jesus had discipled for three years, stood beside them and said, Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Hmm? He will come back. And he will come back in the very spot, according to God's word, that he left. And that is the top of the Mount of Olives. He left from the Mount of Olives, and he will come back in that very spot. Now, we absolutely do not know the day or the hour, but we do know the signs and the seasons. And the Bible says a lot about it. Jesus himself talked about it. Luke chapter 21, verse 25 through 28. We're going to read a lot of scriptures tonight. Get ready. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. Didn't we just have something with the moon recently? Right? On the earth, nations will be in anguish. Um, That's going on, right? Nation against nation, wars. And perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Um, Hurricanes. 
Do we see that right now? Do we, we, we see them happening? The, the earth, uh, the, the sea is being tossed and roaring. People will faint from terror. Do we see terrorism? Just last week, shooting up a Jewish temple, synagogue, whatever, where they worship. We see that terror everywhere. Apprehensive of what is coming on the world. Are people more tense and stressed and full of anxiety than ever before? Uh, Are we tracking? Do I have any hunters in here? Are we going down the right path? We're tracking. We, we, We see some signs, right? For the heavenly bodies will be shaken at that time. What time? At the time you see these signs in these seasons. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. That's encouraging to me. That's encouraging. At that time, when, 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 when you see the signs that are happening, can we all agree that we see them? Can we all agree if we flip on the news, we see it? Now, I'm not encouraging you to flip on the news. <laughs> if you want to stay positive, don't flip it on. <laughs> Amen? A lot of negativity in the news. But we see the signs, and Jesus is saying, this is Jesus speaking. How do we know that? The words are in red. <laughs> so like, man, this guy's really smart. <laughs> No, the words are in red. <laughs> when they're in red in the Bible, it means Jesus said it. <laughs> it's in the index. It's pretty cool. So Jesus is saying, when you see all this ramping up, this will be the sign of the end times. It's, it, has, it is beginning. That's what he said. He said, when you see these signs, it has begun. So, so, so can we agree that it, we're, we're at least at the beginning? We're, we're there. Will we see the return? I don't know. I can't answer that. Only the Father knows. And Prophet Jim Bob don't know either. And Apostles, you know, Jimmy Crane from Arkansas don't know it either. I'm sorry. Don't send him money. You laugh. You laugh. But they sent him $20 million. Because he knew the date that Jesus was returning. And he laughed all the way to the stinking bank. And bought a new Winnebago. I don't know if he did that. I made that last part up. I just got a little excited about it. This is exciting because we could be the generation that sees it. I don't know. I I don't know. Um, Are we living in the end time? I, I believe we're in the last days. I truly believe that. Will we see the return? I, I, I don't know. Every generation has made a case for this that they thought they would see the return of Christ. I mean, they made a case when, 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 when they were penning the books of the Bible. You're about to see it. They thought it would happen in their time. Peter and Paul and Timothy thought it would happen in our generation. How much more could we make a case that it, it really could happen? Um, and so... Um, I don't think that's a bad thought that we think it could happen. I don't think that's bad. But, but here's, the, here's the key thought today. Here's the key thought. And if you're taking notes, write this down. I think we should plan on Jesus not coming for 100 years, 
but live like he's coming back today. Oh, I thought I'd get a better amen like, oh, yeah, that's good, preacher. So I'm going to try that again because I worked on that all day. I think, I think church, Fuel Church, we should plan on Jesus not coming back for a hundred years, but we should live like he's coming back today. Oh, come on now. We should live it. We don't know when he's going to crack the sky. We don't know. We should live it every day. Every day we wake up, we could say, this could be the day. This could be it. Are you with me so far? That was my introduction. Are you ready to get into it? I came to teach tonight. Don't get me all fired up. Okay. When we think about the return of Christ, I believe it does three things for us. Three points that I want to give you from Paul's teachings. Paul says a lot about it in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And then Peter says a lot about it as well in his book, 1 and 2 Peter. And this is what I want to highly encourage you to do in your own time to read the book of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, first Thessalonians. It's, it's five chapters. It, it took me, I think, 20 minutes this week to read the whole thing. But I, I, there's a lot I, I don't have time to cover, but I encourage you, just, just take 15, 20 minutes tonight, tomorrow, over the weekend, and, and just read First Thessalonians. It, it'll really shed some light. And, and read it in a, in a version that you understand, either NLT or NIV. NLT or NIV. I encourage those two translations. I believe they'll, they'll, they'll speak it best to you. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. Three, three points from Paul's teaching on end times and, and some scriptures um, uh, to back them up. Number one, Jesus' return comforts us. Jesus' return comforts us. Jesus' return comforts us. Um, life on earth, it can be hard, right? It can be hard. And for some of you, it's hard. And some of you are saying, man, life on earth really stinks for me right now. It really, I'm not enjoying it at all. And, and here's my encouragement to you. Don't get so fixated on earth because we're only here for a little bit. One day we're leaving. And so don't put all your treasures here on earth. Don't put all your stock here on earth. Don't put all your faith here on earth. We are leaving this earth one day. And here's the one thing I've learned when I put my faith on earth. It will let me down. People will let me down. But Jesus' return comforts us. Why? Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 and 18. Before we read that, let me ask you a question. How many of you have a loved one who has already passed away and you know that that loved one is in heaven? Raise your hand. You know that they serve God. You know that they live their life. The scripture right here is for you. Listen to this. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that are, that are still alive, that's us, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep or those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud voice, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together. We're going to go Air Jordan on them. That's why I buy Air Jordans, folks. This scripture right here backs up why I tell my wife why I need a $150 pair of Jordans. Because one day, baby, we're going to Air Jordan on them, baby. I hope I'm alive. 
to go through this second coming when Jesus comes back. And I hope when it happens, I I won't have time to change my shoes. But I hope I have my J's on. Because I'm going to do a little, eh. (laughs) And I'm going to wave to some haters down there. I told y'all. Jesus is coming. Okay, okay, come on. See, you guys get me just, that's why I'm going to preach till 9 o'clock or something. I don't know. Listen to me. Here we go. After that, where are we at? Where are we at? We come down to the other voice. Uh, verse 17. After that, we are still alive. We left up, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. You see that word air? <laughs> All the husbands are like, see, it's biblical to buy sneakers. <laughs> All my sneaker heads. And so we will be with the Lord just for a short time. Forever? Does that mean forever? That's what it says. Therefore, therefore, I said all this. I said all this because, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Jesus' return, it comforts us. Because one day we'll be reunited with our loved ones. If their faith was in Jesus, they are with him right now to be absent From the body is to be present with the Lord. The moment you take your last breath here on earth, you are in eternity. Now what does this mean, the dead in Christ? Their bodies will rise up from the grave. That's what that means. A lot of people think that when you die, you're in the grave. Your body, your physical body is in the grave. But but, but your, your spirit is not. It is with Jesus It is either with Jesus in heaven or it is with the devil in hell. Are you with me? Is this okay so far? So so we're we're reunited. Heaven is our home. Heaven is the goal. Indiana is beautiful, but heaven? Heaven is going to be amazing. It'll be unbelievable. It's a place of no more tears. There'll never be a tear in heaven. There'll never be a tear in heaven. Come down your face in heaven. There's no sorrow. There's no pain in heaven. Maybe you have physical pain here. You're not going to have that in heaven. There's nothing. It's not there. It's a place where we will forever worship the creator of the universe. Where all we'll want to do is sit at his feet and worship him. Okay. There's a lot I could say about this, but I got to keep moving. Okay. So it says, I want to encourage you with these words. So Paul's saying, these words, they encourage us. They should encourage us as we see the signs of the times, as we see ourselves living in the end times, we should be comforted with these words. Point number two. So number one, Jesus' return comforts us. Number two, Jesus' return prepares us. His return prepares us. God never wanted us to be in the dark on all this. God doesn't, you know, he's not playing some magic trick on us. He, he, he doesn't want us to be on the dark. It, actually, there are over 300 references in the New Testament on the end times and on the second coming. Um, 216 out of the 260 chapters in the New Testament talk about the last days or the end time or the second coming. 23 of the 27 New Testament books talk about 
the end times in the last days. Why? Because God had a lot to say about it. Why? He wanted us to get prepared. He wanted us to be prepared. He wanted us to be prepared. Here's the continuation of Paul's teaching in 1 Thessalonians. Like I said, read this, all five chapters on your own, but here's the the continuation on the end times. He says this in chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and the dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well. Paul's saying, listen, they were asking, hey, when's it happening, Paul? He said, I I, I can't, I don't know that, right? Paul was saying it back then. I'm not going to give you that. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. Oh, Lord Jesus, where's all the women that have had babies? Oh, my or oh, me. Y'all know what that's about. They will not escape, but you... But you, brothers and sisters, are not in what? So that this day should surprise you like a thief. A lot of people will be shocked by this, but not us, because we're being prepared. That's why we come to church. That's why we live this life. That's why it's not a Sunday thing. It's a 24-7, seven days a week thing. We're getting prepared. Are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. We're just getting prepared. We're getting prepared. Why? Because this is not our home. We are aliens. We are strangers here. We, we are, we are, our home is going to be in heaven forever and ever and ever. So we're in preparation. We're getting prepared. We're not in the dark on this. This is why how you live your life matters so much. This is why how you live your life matters so much. You got to every day get prepared for that day. That's why you can't do what others do. That's why you can't go where others go because it's not preparing you for eternity. Now I'm preaching. Mm. How you live your life matters. We are prepared for the fact that Jesus is coming. He's coming again. And honestly, my job every week, every time I get up here is is to prepare you, to give you a little uh, wake-up call. Say, hey, church, I know you've been in the world. I know you've been in job and you've been around other people, society, but I need to remind you, I need to to let you know, don't forget, we're leaving this earth one day. This is not our permanent home. One day we're going to leave. And that's my job every week, just to remind you, hey, let's get prepared. Come on, let's, let's do a few more things. Come on, let's change a few more things in our heart. Let's change our thinking. Come on, let's change where we go. Let's, let's change who we hang out. Why? Because we're getting prepared to leave this earth one day. Hmm. That's my job. Jesus' return comforts us, and Jesus' return prepares us. And the third thing, Jesus' return focuses us. It focuses us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. You are children of the light. And children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Let us be awake and sober. Don't be intoxicated with this earth. 
Don't be intoxicated with material and temporal possessions that will one day be gone. I've never seen a hearse have a U-Haul attached to it. I've never seen a dead guy say, hook on the U-Haul because I'm taking all my stuff with me. I've never seen the hitch on the U-Haul or on the hearse. I've never seen him put it on and say, look at all my stuff that I accumulated here on this earth. I'm taking it with me. <laughs> he said, he said, you got to, we're not like those who are asleep. We're, we're, we need to be awake and, and, and we need to be sober. We can't be intoxicated with being selfish. Because we're leaving this earth and we our our goal, your goal every morning you should wake. I'm I'm my goal today is to take as many people with me. My goal today, as I go into my work, as I go around my family, I'm I'm here to take as many people to heaven with me. Man, that should be your vision. That should be your drive for getting up every day. It's not just clocking in and clocking out, making a living. It's not getting a bigger square foot house. That's all nice and dandy. But your goal should be, man, I'm here because one day I'm leaving. But until that day, I'm going to take as many people with me. I'm bringing as many people to heaven with me. Because the only thing that will last for all of eternity is the souls of men, women, and children. The only thing. That you'll take with you. The only thing you'll take with you are those that you reach for Christ. Those that you invited to church. Those that you kept inviting even though they told you no 20 times. Even though for two years they told you no. I heard of a testimony this week of somebody who kept inviting a co-worker, kept inviting them. They kept saying, no, no, I don't, I, I'm, I'm never going to be a part of a church. I've been hurt by church. Uh, you know, churches are no good. And, and you know, I, I don't trust churches and all this. And they just kept inviting. They kept sowing seeds of love and grace. And they kept conversation going. They kept praying for this individual. And they, they kept talking to him. And then all of a sudden that individual finally said, you know what, I'm going to come to church this week. They came to church that week. They gave their heart to Christ. They've been coming here ever since. Now, not only that, they've been coming, but they've been bringing dozens and dozens of friends and family members who've been giving their life to Christ. That's what it's all about. That's what it's called, being focused. Being focused, knowing that I'm on mission. I'm not here just to get my pizza on Friday night. Come on now. I'm not just living for the weekends. Come on, you need to live every day and be focused and prepared that, man, I'm leaving this earth one day and I'm taking as many people as I can. I don't care what they think about me. I don't care how crazy they talk. I don't care what they say about my church or my preacher. Come on, somebody. I'm taking them with me. We're taking them with us. One day, one day, one day we're leaving this earth. So so we got to be focused. We can't be asleep spiritually. We got to be focused. We can't be asleep spiritually. We can't just attend church. We got to be the church. We're the living organism called the church. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We can't just say we're comfortable. Our church has grown. Our church has grown. We, I just got out of a board meeting before I came in here and I just heard a bunch of numbers and, you know, we could sit by and we could say, man, since January, since January, we have grown by 350 people. Our church has. Our church has. Since January, 1,210 people have given their lives to Christ. It's 100% growth compared to last year at this time. 
And, and we can just sit by and say, man, we're good. We're good. Let's just chill. Let's enjoy the five inches of pad on our seat. Or we could say, no, actually, this seat is for somebody who's lost. And actually, I'm going to switch services and not come to the 11 because it's so packed. And I'm going to come to the 915 or the 1245 because that's the biggest evangelistic tool that I can do to open up a seat for a lost person. Because prime time for a lost person to come to church is the 11 o'clock hour. So I'm focused. I'm, I'm laser focused. What can I do to serve the church? What can I do? What can I do to prepare the body of Christ for his return? Y'all got me preaching up in here? Y'all chill out. Hmm? As a church, we must stay focused on the mission at hand. We're called to fulfill the vision that Jesus gave us. We're not called to fulfill the vision he gave to another church. A lot of great churches in our community doing a lot of great things. And I applaud them and I'm... You've heard me say it. I'm friends with many great pastors in this city. And we encourage people to get plugged in in all kinds of churches. I just get planted. But our focus is simply this. It's, 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 it's laser focus. Our bullseye is to reach the unchurched. Our bullseye is to reach a lot. Sunday is for them. We, we're a church that exists for people who are not here yet. That's why we're here, and that's why you're here. You're here for, there's two groups of people here. There's broken people, and there's people who want to fix broken people. There's broken people here. There's broken people. Your life has is, 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 is been hard for you. You're broken. You've been hurt by church. You've been hurt by people. You're broken. You've been, been in a lifestyle of addiction. You're broken. You're broken. You're broken. You're searching to try to fill a void with a relationship after relationship. It's not being filled. You're broken. And then there's people here who were broken, who got healing, who are now obsessed with helping the broken people. So they serve and give at any cost to help broken people. That's our mission. That's our mission. It's not going to change until Jesus returns, until we go Air Jordan on them. So we need to stay focused spiritually. The world is pulling at you to be fixated on temporal things. It's just pulling every day, right? I feel it. You feel it. It's pulling. That's why we got to focus. That's why we got to come to God's house. We got to hear the word. That's why you're here on Thursday. You're focused. I mean, who am I talking? I'm talking to Thursday. Thirsty Thursday people up in here. Y'all are focused. Stay focused. I just want to encourage you. Stay focused. Stay focused. This is probably should be a Sunday message, right? You're, fo- you're like, we're here. What do you mean? It's, it's raining out. I could be at home eating all my kids' Halloween candy. I'm at church. What are you talking about, pastor? I'm not focused on the candy. I'm focused on Jesus. Okay. In my house, we take a tithe and an offering out of the kids' candy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It went down last night. All the chocolate minis. Come on, somebody. What I have for breakfast? Chocolate. What I have for lunch? Chocolate. What I had before I came out here? Chocolate. <laughs> Holla at you, boy. Anyway. Man, I have too much fun with you guys. I shouldn't, you know, this, I have so much fun. So are we living in the last days? Well, you're living in yours and I'm living in mine. They didn't get it. You're living in yours and I'm living in mine. 
Are we living in the last day? Well, yeah. You're living in yours and I'm living in mine. Look at this, Matthew 24, verse 37. I'm, I'm going to try to wrap up in the next couple minutes. I, I said try. Look at this. 24, verse 37 through 44. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like in the days of Noah. In those days before the flood, the people were re- enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the meal. Working, that's a better word. Two women will be working, not grinding. I'm just reading the word, y'all. I'm trying to help y'all understand it. So I inserted working, grinding, working, same thing. Okay. Anyway, man, I'm sweating. Woo. Um. Here we go. Here we go. One will be taken, the other left. So you too must what? Keep watch. For you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also, you also must be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. When least expected. I, I, I don't know if we're living in last days, but I know I'm living in mine. I know you're living in yours. I know that we can be prepared. I know that, that, that we can be focused, that Jesus' return, it, it, it definitely comforts us, right? That one day we'll be reunited with our loved ones. One day you'll be reunited with that little baby, that child, that grandma, that grandpa, that mom, that dad. One day you'll be reunited. I do know that. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't, know, I don't know when Jesus will return. I don't know when your last day is. It actually says in the Bible that tomorrow's not even promised to me or you. And that life is like a vapor. Here one moment, gone the next. So yeah, Jesus' return, it, it's, it's going to happen sometime, but you and I are living in our last days, and we don't know when we take our last breath. And so we, we need to be focused, we need to be prepared, we need to be ready, and we need to be so obsessed with taking as many people with us, because it's the only thing we'll take with us to eternity. The only thing. <laughs> it's just... We won't take our bank account. We won't take our Corvette. We won't want it in heaven. We won't want money in heaven. We won't want a house when we see the mansion that we're going to be living in. 
I mean, MTV Cribs ain't got nothing on what God is building up there. And because of you, Fuel Church, because of the way you invite and the way that you're obsessed with getting people to heaven, we're keeping the angels construction crew busy up there because of you. 1,210 people. Come on, they had to build a lot of houses and condos because of us. I can imagine what heaven's like. It says every time one sinner repents, they throw a party. Think about that. Think about that. I mean, here at Fuel Church, we love to party, right? We party, right? We, we, we party. But imagine what heaven's party's like when the streets are made with pure gold. When the gates have pearls this big or something like that, they say. I don't know all the Bible, just some of it. I know they're big. I mean, just, just, just think about it. What it's going to be like one day for us to be in heaven. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball, you've taken some wrong turns, you've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, And the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer, and I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved, and I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision, but just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, come into my life, change me, in Jesus' name. It's simple as that, and I encourage you, find a good local church. If if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.